Welcome to Exploring Video Games. I'm Citrus Seltzer, and today is Thursday, May 20th, 2021, and this is episode 82. So for this episode, I played Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. Uh, spoilers for this whole thing. It's kind of a spoilery game. Uh, so this is a game about a mysterious ancient brotherhood. Uh, it takes place in the modern day, but it has a very high fantasy formality to it. And yeah, you're kind of like shepherded into this brotherhood called the Iris Cell. You start off as a teenager at this boarding school, and you eventually learn the secrets of the order. Uh, and the main secret is basically that they're the protectors of an ecosystem that allows for limited potential time travel. Totally weird, fascinating game. Uh, I played 35 hours of it this week, and I'm 68% of the way through. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm definitely going to finish it. Uh, it's just very, very long, which really works to its favor. So I haven't finished it, but I did watch a playthrough, so I got to see the ending, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, thanks to YouTuber NGO Bimbo 920 uh, great gaming commentary, really good channel. So yeah, this game is just like extremely fascinating and mysterious. It reminded me of Mist in that way, where you just like can't wait to figure out like what this bizarre world is and like why, why all these things. Uh, and the tone of the game is kind of similarly like dry and kind of solemn, which adds to the mystery. So you are Dave, you're in high school, and are recruited by your friend Chris into this initially informal after-school movie club. Uh, so you and him are in this club, it's weird and intense, and it provides an outlet for your unfortunate modern circumstances. Uh, Dave and Chris are clearly kind of like outsiders, and you develop a really sweet relationship with him. Uh, the like friendship and like brotherhood and like camaraderie in this game is a big theme, uh, and it's really, really touching and well done. Uh, I love this first section before any of the magic happens when you're just going to Gilgood with Chris. Uh, the campus is really pretty. And it's just like this like beautiful sunlit campus and you and Chris are like bonding and like making up games and like playing with each other. It's really like heartbreakingly beautiful and uh, yeah, conveys a sense of like nostalgia and alienation. So you do that like normal life for a little bit. Uh, then you start attending these Iris Lodge meetings with Chris and his uncle Ray. I love Ray. And you totally get the appeal of the cell. Uh, it's a lot of like kind, upstanding men who like take themselves seriously and take you seriously. Uh, the meetings are kind of bizarre and ritualistic. Uh, and you and Chris get really into it and are eventually initiated in. Uh, and then, yeah, you try to learn the ropes and work your way up the ranks. The whole game is like an onslaught of like weird rules and systems, which I love. Uh, and it makes you like constantly curious about the world. Uh, and it is, it is very confusing and I definitely did miss a lot of it. 
uh, definitely some narrative parts that are unclear to me. Um, but this is going to be an amazing second play, and I feel like I'm going to have a whole new appreciation for it. So you start working at the Iris Cell Lounge called the Carotid Club. Uh, that was one of my favorite locations. Uh, beautiful, like, smoky, ornate rooms in there. Uh, and you take on more and more responsibility with the cell, and by the time you graduate high school, you enter into it fully, and they kind of, like, house and take care of you. Um, so you start living in the dorms. Uh, you share a room with Chris and two other students, Albert and Ken. Uh, again, really sweet, like, male friendship. Uh, you and Chris kind of take it upon yourselves to guide and protect Ken, who's kind of a nerd, kind of weak. Uh, it's very sweet. So, life in the dorms, uh, you do your daily rituals. It's a very competitive uh, environment. Lots of, like, daily drills and exercises where you're competing with all of your classmates. Um, all of that's kind of tedious, but uh, it's very satisfying and it doesn't last that that long. I think the game does a really good job of having you, like, experience growing up with Dave. Uh, the game, like, really has a... You get a good sense of time. And partly because the game is, like, very, very long. Uh, but, yeah, it would be, like, playing and, like, thinking, like, reminiscing back to earlier times in the game when I didn't know how hard it was going to get. Like, it really, uh, yeah, it feels epic, and it really gets across lengths of time well. So when you reach the 20th order, you're given supposedly all the secrets, Essentially, there are special locations on Earth uh, that are binarily liminal, meaning that uh, time travel is possible there, and that through the use of biology, uh, you can control the time travel. So they have this, like, enormous underground mycelial ecosystem that, like, controls how and when it happens. Uh, and of course, one of the binarily liminal places is under the Iris Cell Lodge. Uh, you're also told that the system, the time system, is generally unused, uh, which you later find out is not true. And that the ecosystem, if it needs to be like adjusted for a glitch, the people who directly take care of it are like a hidden order called the Vian. And they remain separated from everyone else because uh, they are affected strongly by the reality warps caused by the ecosystem and it degrades them and everyone who comes in contact with them. Kind of like radiation, it seems like. So it starts getting weirder from here. Um, you've definitely been experiencing some sort of like unreality for the entire game. Uh, but it really ramps up once you get to the 20th order. Uh, things will happen a couple of times or like people will be talking about stuff that you did that you didn't do or that you weren't there for. Uh, kind of like minorly surreal intrusions. 
Uh, so you end up befriending a Vian, which you're not allowed to do. Uh, her name is Kat, and you befriend her after she leaves a message for you with the worms. Uh, and you communicate with her via worm for a while. Uh, and this accelerates the warping that you experience, and you'll start getting like full on hallucinations, like weird visions of like sentient tumors that are like kind of real and kind of not real. Uh, I loved that. I thought uh, that was very entertaining, very like, gross body stuff. Uh, so your connection with Kat grows over these communications and you kind of fall in love with each other. Uh, you never like literally see each other, but you kind of end up sleeping with her in like a weird like time chaos zone, like in between chaos zone. Uh, which is very beautiful and extremely awkward uh, in a way that I think really only adds to the beauty. I loved that little part. So it ends up that Kat kind of knows a lot that you don't know. Um, it ends up coming out that your father, uh, Mehmed, was an Iris Cell member who deflected uh, he's stolen secrets and is chaos and time, and he's causing the order and the whole world's uh, massive problems by messing around with the timelines. And that you are kind of only there to eventually be sacrificed to the void in order to reel him back in, uh, kill him, and set the timeline straight again. So that's more or less where I am in the game. Uh, it's very sad. Uh, just knowing your certain doom... Uh, but also kind of just like the sense of like being used or being like a pawn for the cell, uh, being a pawn for your dad. Um, yeah, it's just sad. So the rest of the game I know from watching NGO Bimbo 920's video, uh, but it looks like whether you fight it or not, you are successfully used to lure Maymed in. He tries to bridge over to your timeline to harvest your organs because uh, living outside of time like causes massive physical degradation. Um, so yeah, he tries to bridge to your timeline and you have to intercept and like f run down and like kill your like psychotic and deformed father in this beautiful church. Uh, very beautiful. And you battle him, uh, and you kill him, and his death changes your timeline and turns you into this, like, untethered being uh, who can go between all times at will but has no, like, physical body, uh, and essentially you die and the game ends. Uh, it looks fantastic. I'm sure it'll be, uh, I'll be very affected by it. Even just watching it, it was very moving. Yeah. This is a beautiful and epic game. Uh, I'm loving it. I definitely recommend playing it if you can. I would say this is one of my faves uh, that I played for this show. It's wonderful. So for the next episode, I'm going to talk about the 2016 game, The Last Guardian. I don't know anything about it, but it has a cute little creature on the cover, which is why I chose it. You can reach me at exploringvideogames at AOL.com. The website is exploringvideogames.tumblr.com, uh, which is where I upload the screenshots. And it would be awesome if you could rate or review the show anywhere. 
Thanks so much for listening. I will see you next time. Bye.